Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terrar. Dan, how are you doing on this victorious Monday? Go, doing great. Yeah, winning makes everything everything goes easier when you win. So And three wins in a row with three goals scored in each of them. It makes it a three, hell of a lot easier. Three, three, yeah, the the, uh, the trifecta twice. Score three goals, which we've been kind of been pining for for about <laughs> two years now. And, and to do it three in a row, you know, all of a sudden you go, okay, is this it? Do we have the combination? Is this what we've been waiting for for two, three years? Are we getting sure, our wishes? I sure hope so. <laughs> it just feels like that. Because if that's the case, if, the, if this offense has now figured it out, then the second half of the season is going to be really fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. going to be crazy fun. Before we jump more into uh, the victorious loons conversation, let's get the housekeeping out of the way. All right. Uh, remember to give us a following, a subscription, uh, whatever you want to call it. God, I keep uh, forgetting review. to do that. Yeah, Dang you got to do that, Dan. Uh, it help that. us get found wherever you okay. get, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to listen all the way through. Obviously, always listen for the secret code at the end. That'll get you the prizes that don't exist, just like the golden wow. boot that doesn't exist for winning. Write that down. <laughs> They're all imaginary prizes. Uh, Dan, let's let's now jump right into it. Loons get a 3-1 win over the Vancouver Whitecaps on Friday night. Feels like days ago, ages ago now because it happened Friday night, late at night. Uh, but yeah, uh, Loons impressive in a 3-1 win. They had to come back. They had to fight some adversity against the Vancouver Whitecaps team that set up from minute one to minute 90, uh, set up defensively, and were just trying to eke out a nil-nil draw, and they got their just desserts when you set up that way, it, things are going to pile on you, especially later on in the match. And the loons piled on late in getting three goals after they let in the first one in impressive fashion. Yeah. They're Vancouver's a hard team to figure out. Um, they've had some success lately, uh, but yet their defense is porous. And then you look at uh, their stats and They've got nobody scoring goals. I mean, you think we're pathetic or we're pathetic at scoring goals up until the last three matches. Uh, they, we were at, uh, going into that match, we were at a uh, uh, even zero in the plus minus in the goals department. They were minus nine. Yeah. Minus nine. That's a big difference. And then we tattooed three more on them to their one. So um, they're a hard team to figure out. Are they good defensively? Not really. No. Are they good offensively? No. So the run of – would they have a, uh, six unbeaten before we played them? Six unbeaten, and they had won nine of their previous that? 12 in all competitions. How did they do that? It's not a lot of goal scoring in those matches. It, it's a it lot must of have been, just one nils. It must have been magic because their defense isn't good and their offense isn't good. I don't know. I mean, all this time when we've struggled – and by the way, we've struggled, but we haven't been bad, bad. Right. Um, we've always been able to say, hey – we got the defense. They're solid. They're keeping us in every match. And, and for the most part, that was true. So you, you could say, okay, that's what's keeping us afloat. And it was. Uh, but I don't get how Vancouver went six without a loss. Uh, from what I saw on Friday night, uh, there must be uh, uh, some Canadian Canadian interference, you know, <laughs> somehow. The Canadian government's involved or something. There's a conspiracy there. <laughs> something. 
Yeah, it's something because they set up in a very odd formation. Oh, that was so boring. Just oh, that was painful. The first half was one of the most painful first half (laughs) I've ever witnessed. The halftime show, I loaded up the brakes because I just didn't know what to say because it was such a boring first half. Oh man, the open to the halftime show, I think, went something like, "Well, that was forty-five minutes. We'll all never get back." No, it's just it was just so bad. Like there, I've never seen that. That first half of soccer is the kind of soccer that gets put on display when people are trying to bash the sport. It's yeah, just, that's that's so bad. Yeah. If if anybody was good, if anybody was saying, you know what, I'm not a soccer guy, but I'll give it a try tonight. It's Friday night. I'm gonna I'm nine thirty. Oh, crap, lost <laughs> them forever. That is the bad. perfect half of soccer to put on if you're really struggling to go to sleep. Just put that first half of soccer on. No oh, man, that's a good time to have that. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough, and then and then they give up the first goal, and you're thinking, "Oh man!" Because is the whole first half and into the second half, you go, "Okay, one goal's going to win this thing." Because it was yeah. such a train wreck, and then Vancouver scores, and you're going, "Oh my god!" We got first, we went through a horribly boring, miserable first half, and then we get scored on. You're going, "Oh no!" And I would have at that point, I would have bet you all the chocolate milk and barks root beer in the world that they weren't going to score a goal that we were i was i was convinced we were going to lose one one nil should that and, be the prize for winning write that down is you give you buy me chocolate milk or tea and treat or whatever and I'll i buy, buy you, you a nice bottle of wine or something you buy me i'll buy you a case of uh tea treat you buy me a case of wine i think that's a good deal doesn't seem like a fair trade, but sure. <laughs> so, but I mean, when they when Vancouver scored, weren't you kind of like going, "Oh no!" Now, I, not only is it a boring game, but we're going to lose. Yeah, it very much felt like when Cavallini scored that goal. It was like, "Oh crap, here we go again." The guy who's a substitute gets a goal like five minutes into being a substitute, and this team's just going to set up uber defensively. The team that's besides the past two games struggled to score goals is going to have to try and break down that team. Oh, this is not going to be a good night, and it's just going to be a painful last 20 minutes. Well, Kamar Lawrence and DJ Taylor hooked up on the first goal five minutes after Cavallini scores. And what a nice, what a great assist by DJ Taylor and almost an yeah. even better goal by Kamar Lawrence. Just first timing a absolutely pitch-perfect cross from DJ Taylor, and he just strikes it first time into the back of the net. Uh, that that was that would have been goal of the the week for the loons until Luis Maria scored one 13 minutes later that he just takes up the field just starts dribbling at goal he looks around you can see him on the replay just look around like uh is there going to be a player coming off to my left or is there going to be someone closing me down and he notices no one's doing either so he just rips a shot from 20 yards out and just curls it around Minnesota native Cody Cropper for the second goal of the match i mean what a hell of a goal from Luis Maria yeah, the uh, yeah. If, going back to the first goal, DJ Taylor keeps getting better and better. Um, it's great he to hears see the him. Rumors. He knows he knows what's out there, what <laughs> what the rumors so, are for replacements, and he's he's playing like his his playing career depends on it. You know, I feel like we went months and months without some of those type of goals, the one touch shots, like like Lawrence scored, uh, Fragapane got one in, in this run, where guys are just first time putting their, their boot on the ball. And I feel like we never scored those and all of a sudden they're going in. Um, so, and that's a good thing. Yeah. And then, and it was Luis Amaria 
Uh, God love the guy, but he sure looked like a guy that wanted to get rid of the ball. And yeah. they just they they just the the defense just opened up and nobody came out to challenge him. And to his credit, hey, he just decided, well, fine, if you're going to give me the shot, I'm going to take it. And he put a really good touch on it. And uh, man, it's so fun to see him uh, get his uh, get his mojo back and have some confidence. So yeah, uh, not like type of goal. It yeah. feels like that's one of the goals that'll give you a ton of confidence because as you mentioned, it looked like a guy who just wanted to get rid of the ball. Cause he was too far out. He knew he's not yeah. going to take the long range shot, but he, he literally had no other option. No one was making the runoff to his left or his right. right. Nobody from the defense was closing him down. They were begging him to take that they shot. They didn't even get in his shooting lane. Yeah. I mean, they really just let him shoot. And, um, and here, this is a guy that, you know, I mean, it's not that often that your, uh, your number nine dribbles 30 yards up the middle of the pitch <laughs> untouched, yeah. you know, and if it is, it's because he's alone and there's somebody chasing him. But he literally just took his time and meandered up and then, fine, I'm going to shoot. So, yeah, that was a fun goal. I was happy for him and hope that just keeps his confidence just continuing to escalate. Yeah, and then Amaria follows it up by getting an unrecorded assist. I mean, he places his body in just the right spot on a, on a Dane St. Clair, just absolute bomb of a free kick, just launching the ball upfield. Luis Amarillo looks like he might have been onside or offside, but he was played onside by, I think it was Jake Nerwinski of Vancouver. And Amarillo is just there. He just holds up the defender long enough for the ball to take a bounce. It starts coming down right in front of him, and whoop! Franco Fragapane swoops in, takes it, and just chips it over the goalkeeper for the third of the match. Uh, if you want, If you want two guys who needed goals... It would have been Luis Amarillo and Franco Fragapane, and they've got they've both got two of them in the past couple of matches. Yeah, and those are two guys that I think uh, the stats don't give you a really good idea of how, what their talent level is. And yeah, so I think it was Nerwinski. If he doesn't engage with Luis Amarillo, doesn't make contact with him, it, the play is probably offside. But he really forced him. He forced him into an onside position. Uh, with the contact, so and they argued that one quite a bit, but watching the replays, it was pretty clear that it, the play was onside. So yeah, Jake Nerwinski had the Francisco Calvo defense in effect, just <laughs> running around, <laughs> keeping the guy onside, and just letting the play stay alive. Just terrible, just not knowing where you are on the field at that time. And yeah, Franco Fragapane takes advantage. Minnesota takes advantage. Unfortunately, they don't get a clean sheet. Still looking for that first clean sheet since April. We'll get there eventually. Uh, hopefully, oh, it's coming! It's coming! It it should come in the next five games. You look at the next five games in league play. Uh, it's it's coming it's, up on this show. Oh yeah, you gotta write that. You teasing to write that down too. Oh, it's coming. Oh, okay. it's coming. Because I got It sounds like we both got clean sheet. Write that down's coming up. We'll see. <laughs> depends on who goes first. It depends on who goes first. <laughs> well, I think I went first last week, so it's your turn to go first this week. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately for our guy Bongi, he doesn't get a goal, but he played another good game, uh, getting more starting minutes. The guy I think I felt like who didn't have the best of games was Robin Lud, but that's probably because Vancouver had 70 million guys in the midfield <laughs> well, and nobody saw, out on the wings. You saw their formation. <laughs> Will, Will, Will Trapp and uh, Robin Lud were standing around, and every time you looked at them, there was like three guys around each one of them. Yeah. Half, a, half of uh, Vancouver's squad – was gathered around Trap and, and Robin Lud. So, you know, eh. it was a weird, it was, it was, that's what that formation is meant to do. Yeah. Just Take away everything in the middle and, and control the middle. And they did for a while, but it was mostly just ugly. So if you're 
Adrian Heath then. You saw yep. the, how the last two games went with Robin Lode in midfield. One good, one eh, kind of not good. I mean, he has pulled off a uh, couple minutes into the second half. Ja'Cory Hayes comes in, has a pretty decent game, gets the assist on the Amaria goal. Uh, what, do you keep Robin Lode in the midfield and continue having Bongi out on the right wing, or do you kind of switch it around, give Ja'Cory Hayes a starting uh, starting role for the first time this season because he played decently enough. He's played decently enough for MNUFC two this season. What would you do? Well, I, I I'll tell you what I would do is I would I wouldn't change anything, and I think that that's kind of the way Adrian works. You know, for the last five yeah. years, watching the way Adrian reacts to things, he doesn't like barring injury. He doesn't like to change things up when things are going right, and I agree with that completely. Why, yeah. you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So uh, right now this team is as, as, as unbroke as they've been in a long time. Yeah. So so don't fix it um, unless someone's got a little fatigue issue or someone's got a nagging injury. Uh, if everybody's good to go, I can't, I can't imagine Adrian changing things up right now. I think the only guy besides maybe Ja'Cory Hayes, if you want to give him a starting spot just after a – a decent enough game against Vancouver and substitute minutes. The only guy who could come in and disrupt that is Joseph Rosales out due to sickness on Friday night, uh, out due to the out in the previous game due to the red card he received in LA. Uh, the only guy I think who could disrupt that is if they're going to start putting Joseph Rosales in starting minutes is as the midfielder in place of Kervin Ariaga until Ariaga's back. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Just, just keep it the way it is, especially against the teams that you're coming up in the next five games teams that have been porous defensively lately and this season, why not have more attacking options coming forward against some of the weaker defenses in the league? I, I agree with you. Just, just yeah. fix what's not broken. And I like Rosales too, but that that's not his spot. I mean, he is not a guy that was a regular starter and dislodged because of a suspension or dislodged, lost his spot because of an injury. He was a guy that was battling for playing time. And uh, so they don't they don't owe that to him to put him back in there. Um, he's going to get his minutes. He's going to be one of the first guys off the bench, probably just about every match. And uh, and so he's going to get his playing time. But yeah, I, I I don't feel there should be no panic to get Rosales in. He's young. He's up and coming. He's going to get a lot of playing time in the future. And um, especially as long as Ariaga is out with the uh, with the injury, he's going to be used probably every match. So. Yeah, no no hurry to get Rosales in there. Yeah, next up for the Loons, Wednesday night at Allianz Field, back at Allianz Field against Sporting Kansas City as the extension to rivalry week continues with apparently the nicest rivalry rivalry in Major Why League Soccer. Why do they say that? I don't know, Midwest niceness apparently. Uh, I, don't I don't care. Know. It, it seems like dumb. it's they're trying to force a rivalry where there just isn't one. Yeah, because we There's have no that natural problem. geographical rival for Minnesota United in MLS right now. Well, that's every sport in Minnesota. We don't have, other than college sports, we've got Wisconsin and, and stuff, but uh, Minnesota professional sports, geographically, we don't. I mean, the Vikings have Green Bay, but that really feels like it. Like, they, the Twins and the Brewers might have something if they were in the same league, but they're just not. Right, and right. The Wolves yeah. and Bucks could have one if they were in the and, same conference, but they're not. It just, and, I don't, and I don't think the Green Bay Packers consider the Vikings their biggest rival. Well, it, so, depends, on, it depends on which if the bears or Vikings are competitive, which one's competitive. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but I'm just saying, yeah, no, geographically we don't have a right, but that's okay. You don't have to force a, no, force a rivalry. It's going to be one. Right. And if, if there is, there is, but yeah. So anyway, go ahead. 
I would almost say the biggest rivalry for this team is Colorado because those games are always incredibly physical and incredibly heated. I've always felt rivalries are kind of either made or uh, they grow out of a lot of playoff teams. Yeah. You can yep. you can you can have a team that is uh, across the country, but if you play them multiple years in a row in the playoffs and things get heated and 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 the you know that's where rivalries come from. Yeah, um, I agree. So. Just, but anyway, yeah, it's it's almost too big of a country to have natural geographic rivalries, unlike uh, some of the other soccer playing countries in the world where it's all so clumped together that it's easy to have that. Uh, so Minnesota sporting Kansas City Wednesday at Allianz Field, 630 pre-match show, 7 p.m. kickoff with Dan Terrar and myself on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com and the free Score North mobile app. Dan, Sporting Kansas City, a rough season this year. I believe it was a 2-1 victory for them last week against Montreal or this last Saturday against Montreal. But for the majority of the season, they've been bad, really bad. Negative 16 goal differential, 18 scored, 34 given up, 5 wins, 4 draws, 11 losses on the season so far. I think them and Toronto, D.C., and Chicago are the only four teams in the league with double-digit losses this season. So, Sporting Kansas City, yes, ton of injuries, but also just not playing well at all this season. Yeah, and and this should be, I mean, on paper, this should be a really good night for Minnesota again. Um, and, you know, the funny thing was, earlier in the year when, when we had a run against some really good teams and we were struggling to get points and results, I don't remember looking ahead at this stretch and thinking, hey, this is going to be where we where we make yeah. up some ground because some of the teams that were playing and we didn't really, you know, a month ago didn't realize quite how bad they were and now we're, you know, it, it, it's kind of changed uh the feel of this schedule um and now they've got a really nice stretch after, you know, surviving uh, on the road in LA and in Vancouver and they were so close to getting points out of uh, both uh, Miami and New England. Yeah, I mean, even if they just gotten the tie out of those two places, what a difference that would have made, you know? Yeah, so this absolutely. this is a, this is a really good run, and I didn't see this coming quite this uh, quite this drastically. Yeah, you look at the next six games for the Loons: Wednesday night against Sporting Kansas City, Saturday against DC. We'll get to talking about them in a little bit. Uh, then you have the friendly, obviously, but that we won't count that in this conversation. Then you go down to Houston, who has been struggling of late. Uh, then Portland, you host Portland at the end of July, and then Colorado at also the beginning of August. So all teams that are below the playoff line at the moment, Portland's just a point behind you, so they're just narrowly out of the playoff spots, I believe. But yeah, it's all teams below the playoff line for the next six matches. So for the rest of the July and the first week of August, these are teams that if you want to continue climbing the Western Conference, which you're in what? You're, uh, let me pull up the standings. You're sixth right now, and you are three points out of third place. And you would top Rail Salt Lake in standings should you tie them on points based off goal differential. So if the Loons win on Wednesday and Rail Salt Lake do nothing, the Loons could be up in third place by the time this weekend hits, which is insane considering how we went into the June break feeling about this squad. And, and you know, it's something that we haven't talked about much before is that it really in this league, um, it's tough to string together wins. It really is. It's tough to win on the road in this league. And you're hardly ever at home for more than two, maybe three in a row. Um, and so you're on the road. And, um, yeah, this is a tough league to win, you know, 
three, four, five matches in a row. And if you do, it's, you know, it's a season changer. And, and it has for this team, just this putting together just three in a row has made such a huge difference. And if they can continue this on for a couple more matches, um, it's going to get people pretty excited uh, in Minnesota. Three of the next five for the loons in league play are at home. So these are teams that are below you in the standings that are not playing well right now that have to come to your house that you should absolutely take advantage of and continue building this fortress again, building Allianz Field into a fortress and continue rising up the standings. And as you said, it's hard to string together wins, but if you can do it, you can see yeah. yourself just skyrocketing well, up the standings like the Loons have. Well, that's how we've talked about uh, Seattle and uh, how they mm-hmm. they don't seem very interested early on the season. Then all of a sudden they focus and and they will string together three out of four, and then they'll win another three out of four, and within you know three four weeks they're they're right back up in the thick of things. So uh, yeah, this is a fun this is a fun stretch, and hopefully they can uh, stay hungry, you know, stay aggressive, and and play with that that edge that we've seen quite a bit lately. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's take a look across the league now at some of the other news and score lines from the last week of Major League Soccer action. I want to start off with the score lines. Let's go back to Friday. Dan, <laughs> when's the last time you remember seeing a 7-0 just butt whooping? Uh, it's been quite a while. It's been a long time. I think Portland had one earlier this year. I'm looking it up. They had a 7-2 beatdown of Sporting Kansas City in May. But oh, did they? Yeah, nothing, okay. nothing like a 7-0 just rear-end whooping Philadelphia put on D.C. United on Friday night. And when we got into the – or when we started talking on Friday night before the match and we were keeping update on the scores for the scoreboard watch, and I'm just looking at that one, I'm like, how high is this scoreline going to go? And just incredibly – painful for dc united on friday night uh the action doesn't get any any calmer for the rest of the night as we already mentioned loons come back from a one goal deficit and win 3-1 lafc and la galaxy always a wild one between those two sides pretty similar that night 3-2 win for lafc after uh going up 1-0 early on in the match they gave up an equalizing goal pretty much straight away in the second half but then they claw two back and uh Score two unanswered to get a 3-2 win over their uh, crosstown rivals. Other score lines from this week that caused some eyeballs to be drawn to them. Portland, go up to Seattle. It's Seattle's day where they're going to hang the banner for winning the Champions League, finally. Uh, they specifically <laughs> picked out this game because it's their rival, their biggest rival in Portland Timbers. And what do Portland do? 
they hang three on them and shut Seattle out at home. Just an absolute thrashing of the home side that's supposed to be their day of celebration. I didn't that's see that coming. I mean, but we, we I, I was going to say, I didn't see that coming. But then when we were yeah. doing our, our, our pick three last week, I said, I'm not touching that. <laughs> because yeah. it's it that is that is a true geographical rivalry and mm-hmm. I, I don't touch those whether i'm betting for money or for fun or for you know chocolate milk i'm not i'm not touching i'm not touching a rivalry like that because <laughs> even though that's surprising eh, it's kind of not so yeah yeah i mean just the way it played out what just Knowing that your rival is going to be hanging the banner for becoming the first MLS team to win the CONCACAF Champions League, <laughs> and you go into their place and shut their fans up, that is that is the ultimate win for that rivalry. Just There's nothing. There's very few things that will top that. Uh, but uh, other, other results from the weekend. Charlotte FC 4, Nashville 1. Where the hell did that result come from? Yeah, what what are they having flashback? Nashville have an Eastern Conference flashback, and I don't know why that happened. But um, I told you, I've said this many times. I don't, I don't get Nashville. I don't get get why they're Charlotte. Yeah, I don't get why they're as good as they are sometimes. And then sometimes I'm going, how did that happen? They're they're not that bad of a club. So I don't, I don't have any kind of a read on Nashville. You'll notice I never pick their matches either. (laughs) I I don't want anything to do with that. They're scary. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's a team that I don't get that we'll see here in a couple weeks. Uh, other rivalry week results that, uh, took notice that people took notice of Austin go into Atlanta and get a three nil win over Atlanta United. And then Joseph Martinez basically just calls out everybody (coughs) in the Atlanta organization for not being the same team that he joined a couple years, uh, what, six years ago now. Just calling everybody out, the players, the front office, just saying essentially that I don't know what's going on here, but this is not the same makeup and mentality that we have to have if we want to continue being Atlanta United soccer. I mean, the guy is the the best player that that club has ever had. I mean, short history, so not really high bar to accomplish, but he's one of the best goal scorers in league history already. His goals per 90 is insane. The way he scores, the amount of goals he can score if he's healthy and consistent is just incredible. So if that man's going to speak up, you have to listen, especially if you're Atlanta United. And when a a player puts himself out there like that, one of two things can happen. The team can rally behind him and turn around if – if they have enough respect for him, if they don't, it might just cause further uh, turmoil within the club. So it'll be interesting to see because that's a big move for a player. I mean, mm-hmm. not just any player can make those statements publicly and it works. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't, you know, obviously I've never been in their locker room. I don't know what the feel is there. I don't know if the players are all, you know, man, we love him. Let's get this thing going, you know, Um so I don't I don't know how that'll work for them, but yeah, I I, I have respect for a player that will at least try that mm-hmm. rather than just you know grumble to himself or tell his agent he wants to get out of here because they're not yeah. winning. You know he's trying, he wants to uh, you know he wants to do what they started there. So um, yeah, I hope it works out for him. Yeah, I mean, or he can come to Minnesota if it doesn't. I so. mean, he could be the second uh, goal scoring designated player on the market, considering. Well, I guess not second designated player since LAFC are trying to get rid of Chicho Arango for some reason for an asinine amount of money they're asking for. So that'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Uh, 
the other results that it's only, I saw this it's weekend. Only, it's, only, it's only an asinine amount if you don't have it. <laughs> Three million in gamma. That's a lot of. It's a lot of. It's an asinine amount. Uh, Columbus Crew go on the road. Chicago get a three-two come from behind win. They were down two 0 at half and then score three unanswered in the second half. And then their new designated player number nine, Cucho Hernandez, scores the game winner after coming on as a, as a debutante substitute late in the second half. Scores the game winner in the eighty-third minute. I don't think there's a better way to introduce yourself to your new club than getting than scoring the game winner on the road in a comeback victory. Yeah, I think if you're if you're going to a new team, that's kind of it's kind of what you want to do. I mean, <laughs> other than maybe score multiple goals, but if you're going to score one in your debut, yeah, it's a game winner. Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool way to do it. So that'll get the fans fired up. What do you think about 14 minutes of stoppage time, Dan? I don't. <laughs> okay, I don't know what caused it because I haven't looked into the game, but. Just looking at the end result of Houston and Dallas, 2-2 draw that had something like 14 or 15 minutes of stoppage time. There was, who was it? It was, let me pull up the full 90. Brandon Cervania in stoppage time alone got two yellow cards. So he got the red card. He got a yellow <laughs> card in the eighth minute of stoppage time. And then a second yellow in the 13th minute of stoppage time to get the red card. There was two goals scored in stoppage time. When, uh, between we talked, Houston and FC Dallas. We talked earlier about... Um... If uh, a new soccer fan or a possible soccer fan was watching the first half of the Minnesota-Vancouver match, they'll probably never <laughs> watch soccer again. Well, if a new soccer fan or a prosperous or a prospective soccer fan was watching and saw 14 minutes of extra time, they would probably not watch soccer ever again <laughs> because they go, "What? Do you, what do you mean extra time? What? You know? And yeah, so." That's a lot. That's the most. I don't. I don't remember ever seeing more than that. That is a ridiculous. Amount Should we of put a cap? Time. Should we put a cap on stoppage time? No, because if no, that would. If there's going to be players that are going to dive and like try and waste time by faking injuries, then no, there needs you need to stretch out stoppage time as long as they're going to keep doing that because that if you put a cap on it, it's only going to encourage those guys to keep doing that. But if you had multiple yellow cards in stoppage time. So, so the number that they put in the books isn't the amount of time they played in stoppage time. They put 14 minutes down. That's what they gave as the the uh, time at the end of 90 minutes. That 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 14 minutes could have taken 25 minutes. Yeah, especially if he's handing out yellow cards and stuff. So that doesn't even tell you how long they actually played. It was probably a lot more than 14 minutes. Yeah. Well, because there's there's ways of fighting the the diving and stuff, and I like I don't know if you saw it. I don't. I really like what MLS Next Pro is doing. They're instituting this mid season a mid season change to their to some time wasting and injury how things are how injuries are handled in that league. So if a player is down on the field for more than 15 seconds, the trainers are called on and he has to be taken off the field and he has to be off of the field for three minutes, three consecutive minutes before he's allowed back on the field, as a way to basically. One, get the player to be properly checked out, not to rush through the player injury checkout, but also to discourage players faking injuries to waste time at the end of a match. I like it. I absolutely love I like it. it. Basically, a just a three-minute, like, if you're faking an injury, a three-minute sin bin, essentially. I like it. Yeah, it's a, it's yep. a great idea. I, I think they'll get, people off, they'll get people off the turf. Yep, yep. I'm a huge fan of that rule. Uh, other news across the league this week. Uh, it's basically 
minutes. Maybe it's announced by the time this podcast goes out. Wayne Rooney is set to become the manager of DC United in an awesome, massive move for DC who have been struggling this year. They're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. As we mentioned, they just got their butts kicked 7-0 the other night. Uh, they come here on next, on this Saturday, so maybe it'll be Wayne Rooney's first match as manager of DC United. But he, I don't know if you follow, I don't know if any of the listeners follow the English Championship. He basically took, he was in charge of Derby, Derby County, and they were in, in, in administration before the season started, so you get docked 20 points. So he started the season at negative 20 points, which is basically a death knell for your season. You're going to get relegated. They're just giving you a chance to climb out of it. And they damn near climbed out of it. They were about- they were like a week away from staying staying up. And so he's got serious managerial chops with limited budget in Derby County. He took a team that really didn't have much to play with, and he got them rolling and firing. And so this is a huge hire for DC United to bring Wayne Rooney back as a coach this time instead of a player. And I love the move as a Manchester United fan, huge fan of Wayne Rooney, uh, huge fan of what he did in his short time in the league here. I'm excited to see what he can do as a manager. I just wish his first game wouldn't be against Minnesota United so they wouldn't <laughs> yeah. get the new manager bounce. But that's yeah. an awesome move from DC United to go out and just drop the cash on Wayne Rooney to bring him in as a manager. Seems like a good move. Um, can he do in DC what he did there? I don't know. Um, he doesn't have a lot to work with, but apparently he didn't. Uh, he didn't there either. So I don't know, you know. But what I do worry about is not. I don't, you know. They're in the East. I really don't care what DC does the rest of the year. But you're right. Your biggest concern is does this give them a major boost in their first? If that is his first uh, match as their manager, does it give them a great boost on the road and take away some of that advantage Minnesota might have? I don't know. Um, the team's not going to – they still have the same people they have now, but, uh, you know, if they're inspired, that could make things much much more difficult on Minnesota in that home match. So I hope that we aren't a victim of that, but it, it certainly is a possibility. And then another move that – another managerial move that is rumored to be happening – According to ESPN, Landon Donovan is in line to take the San Jose Earthquakes job, open managerial position that was left by Matias Almeida earlier this season after that whole shenanigans got ended after a couple weeks into the season. Uh, Landon (laughs) Donovan has been the manager of San Diego Loyal uh, for the past couple seasons. Obviously, former LA Galaxy great, so bitter rivals between San Jose and uh, LA. And he's got the playing pass. He was drafted by uh, San Jose back in the day. So he started off his professional career for the Quakes before going over to Germany, then coming back and becoming an LA Galaxy legend. So he's been on both sides of that rivalry. Very interesting to see him take the San Jose job uh, if that actually does happen to go ahead. I like the move from San Jose. Go out and get a U.S. men's national team and former MLS legend. Um, But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what these teams do with former players, former player legends as managers. And it doesn't, you know, history, if you look back in history, it doesn't always work. Um, great players don't always make great coaches. Sometimes they do. Sometimes players that weren't so great turn out to be, you know, great coaches. So there's no guarantee. But the one thing that you're guaranteed uh, is someone like Donovan uh, going to San Jose. You're going to energize your fan base. You're going to energize your, your players in, in some way. Um, they have instant credibility coming in. 
just because of what they've done as a player. So uh, it, it certainly will cause a lot of excitement around uh, like the Quakes program. But, you know, whether or not, you know, time will only tell whether or not he is a good manager, or whether or not he can coach at a high level. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll find out. But it doesn't always work that way. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, it'll be exciting to see what they can do. That has been it for our look around the league. Dan, let's bring up the predictor because uh, we got some interesting results, results that I like that you might not like. Oh, uh, so let's, let's go ahead and start the introduction to that, sir. All right, we picked three matches. One of them must be an upcoming Minnesota United match. You pick the uh, winner. You pick the score. You get a point for correct, correctly picking the winner or correctly picking a draw. You get a bonus point if you get the score correct, which almost never happens, but it's there <laughs> if we need it. So uh, what happened? happened? Only a you, couple times. What happened? Did you get a score right? No, I didn't get a score oh, right, good. but I got three. Uh, I got all three of my you games. You went three for the three? Results. I got uh, the results right, just not the yeah. score line right. I went three for three. You went... Oh, for three. Oh, <laughs> you predicted, I don't know why, a 3-1 FC Cincinnati win over the New York Red Bulls, which is baffling to begin with. That was a 1-1 draw. You said it was it would be a 2-1 Seattle win, so it was a 3-0 Portland win. And then I really thought be, Seattle was going to win that one. Then you said it was a it would be a 2-2 draw against Vancouver and it was a 3-1 win for Minnesota. I predicted a 2-1 win for Minnesota, so I get the point for the correct result. I predicted a 2-0 Columbus win, 3-2 Columbus, and then I predicted 4-3 LAFC. So I was damn close to that one with a 3-2 result. Are you sure those are my picks? Those don't sound like the right picks. That's what I had written down for you. Uh, I I can go back and listen, but I'm fairly – but I wrote them down while you were making them. I don't think I would get three wrong. (laughs) I'll go back and listen just to make sure, but that's what I had down for you. Fine, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take my ass whooping and – and move on. So, all right. So you went first last week, so I'll go first this week. Dan, okay, I'm start go off with. I actually have two DC United results because I'm going with the Minnesota DC one later. I'm not going to go Sporting Kansas City all uh, right. for Minnesota's game. I'm going DC United versus Columbus. DC United coming off of getting just the result of the weekend and losing seven nil. They're not going to bounce back any better. Three one Columbus win after Columbus comes back, comes storming back after a two nil halftime deficit. On the road, get a 3-2 win in Chicago. They're going to continue that 3-1 win Columbus. Okay, as long as you brought up uh, D.C., I'll go with that pick first. Uh, Minnesota United 3, D.C. United 0. There's the, uh, there's the clean sheet I was talking about coming up okay, well, Saturday. I had something similar since we're going Minnesota D.C. I didn't do 3. I went 1-up on you. It was a clean sheet for Minnesota. I went 4-0 Minnesota. Wow. They're going to wow. open up the gates and just score all wow. the goals. All right. Well, that'll be interesting to see how that one comes out. So, Okay, I'll finish off my Minnesota picks. I am picking uh, Minnesota over Sporting Kansas City by a score of 3-1. Three 3-1 to one. Three to one Minnesota? Mm-hmm. I like it. Continue the winning results for Minnesota. Continue the three-goal scoring streak for Minnesota. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, my other pick, my last pick for the week, Chicago and Seattle. I have to go back to the well of picking Chicago games now. 4-2 uh, Seattle. They're going to be irritated that they just got 
Got the rear end stomped <laughs> yeah, at home and was supposed home. to be their celebration. So they're going to go into Chicago, which has not been a fortress at all for Chicago. Soldier Field has not done Chicago any wonders whatsoever. Seattle are used to playing in a half-empty football stadium, so they're going to get a 4-2 win in Chicago. That's You You put up two four spots. That's a lot of goals. There were okay. seven goals scored this weekend in one game by one team. I know. All right. It's mid-season open, opening up of the offense. Okay. Um, and I wrote this down earlier, and now I'm looking at it going. Anyway, I'll go with it. Real, this is on – I got to remember what day. Anyway, Real Salt Lake is playing Sporting Kansas City. Okay. I can't remember if it's Sunday or Saturday. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm calling a 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw? 1-1 one, one draw. Real Salt Lake and Sporting Kansas City. 1-1 one, one draw. That'd be kind of a... I mean, it's not really that exciting of a match to begin with because not like Real Salt Lake are playing the greatest of soccer despite being mm-hmm. up in third in the Western Conference. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. I guess Sporting Kansas City games this season aren't all that great to begin with. Not really uh, exciting. We'll move on to write that down. Uh, it is our weekly segment where we each make three soccer-related predictions that don't necessarily have to be score lines. We'll keep track of the predictions throughout the year, call them goals, and the person with the most goals at the end of the season gets the golden boot, which has never been dished out. Dan, a couple things coming off the board. I finally have some things coming Imagine off the board this week. Uh, I said last week, or a couple weeks ago, in fact, Minnesota will get at least eight points in their next five matches, and that was before the Miami game. Well, thanks to their win again in Vancouver, I don't even need the Sporting Kansas City result for it to matter. I get the point there because they got their ninth point in that one. But I did say Manuel Reynoso will score at least one goal against Vancouver. He did not score anything and didn't even get an, an assist in Vancouver. So I didn't he get did that not, one right. No. You did, however, say that Franco Fragapane will score against Vancouver. And thanks to swiping that ball away from Luis Amaria, he gives Dane St. Clair an assist and a goal for himself. So Franco got a goal for him and a goal for you. You are up to 13 goals in the season. I am up to 12. I will start this week, Dan. You go. You started last week. Uh, I'm going to go with my clean sheet prediction right off the bat here. Next five games, Minnesota United will get at least two clean sheets. Next five? In their next five, they will okay. record at least two which clean is, sheets. Which is a pretty pretty tough pick, being they haven't had one since April. So, But they've got easy competition okay. coming up. Okay. All right. Write All right. Write this, write this down. Um, I'm going to double down on my score picks. Uh, Minnesota scored three goals in three straight. Mm-hmm. They will extend that to five by scoring at least three against Sporting Kansas City and at least three against DC United. I like it. So that's doubling down on my scores because I had them scoring three in each of those matches. So write so that down. You're just, you're just melding the predictor in to write that down. <laughs> I'll do anything for points. <laughs> I'll try anything. I'll try anything. We're doing segment crossovers now. I don't know how to feel about that. Yes, I know. It's going to be very confusing. Segment crossover here, I guess, for me, uh, as we mentioned, Wayne Rooney supposedly taking over uh, D.C. United and Landon Donovan supposedly taking over San Jose. I'm going to predict that it does. This is kind of a two-part parlay. I'm going to predict that that does happen. D.C. United will hire Wayne Rooney and San Jose will hire Landon Donovan. Second part of this parlay prediction is that by the end of the season, D.C. United, Wayne Rooney's D.C. United will have more points than San Jose, than Landon Donovan San Jose. Currently, San Jose has 19 
DC United has 17. So if they both are not hired by those teams, by the, the teams you mentioned, then this your whole pick is off. Yep. Write that I down. Feel, I'm taking a big I, risk here, Dan. I feel no, I'm I'm you know what? You sucked me in. Oh you sucked me in. Yep. Yes. Let's hear it. If they are hired by those clubs, DC United, San Jose. It I doesn't matter. You can start to write that down with if. Well, no, it's the same as yours. If they aren't hired, then it doesn't. Then I'm out. I'm, I lose. Okay, so you're saying so they will be hired when they're hired uh, by those two clubs, by DC United and San Jose. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're at the same time or it comes later in the year. But if they both get hired by those teams, they will. Each of them will lose their first match as manager. Oh, I like it. So I'm like counting it. on Minnesota United beating DC United this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then I, we have no idea on Donovan, but uh, if he gets hired by the club, then my pick is that he will lose his first match as manager. And if they don't hire him, then both of our picks are gone. So that's like confusing, it. but it's not confusing. Write that down. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, write this down, Dan, for my final prediction of the week. Uh, as we mentioned, the next five games are pretty handy for Minnesota. Hopefully. Luis Maria scoring two goals in the past couple matches. He's going to continue his hot run of scoring. And by the end of July, he's going to be the top goal scorer for this club. Okay. He's going to surpass Robin Lode, who's only two goals ahead of him right now. But if Robin Lode's playing a little bit further back in midfield, he's not going to have as many goal scoring chances. Luis right. Maria seems to be getting things going. Write that down. Okay. By the end of July, Luis Amaria will be this team's leading goal scorer. Okay. Got it. All right. I went to the stat page for this next one. Okay. Uh, Emmanuel Reynoso right now is third in MLS in key passes. I believe he's like seven behind Acosta. Yep. Um, by the end of the season, Luis Amaria will be number one in key passes. Luis Amaria? I mean, I'm sorry, Reynoso. Okay. That one makes who, sense. I was surprised by Luis Amaria. Who did I say the first time? I, oh, okay. You said it, you started off with Emmanuel Reynoso and then oh, you okay, stopped good. with Luis Amaria, wow. so I was confused wow. there. So I was only half dumb. I wasn't completely dumb. So, yeah, no. <laughs> no, Emmanuel I was, Reynoso. I was following you all the way until the end, and then I got really confused. So he's got some ground to make up because he's, I think, seven behind, but I think by the end of the year he makes that up and he's number one in key passes. He finished a close second to Carlos Hill last year, who was MVP, yeah. so... Manuel Reynoso's got it in his bag, and as we've seen over the past couple weeks, he's playing absolute lights-out soccer. Uh, so, yeah, if they keep up this form and keep and he keeps up his form, oh. this team's going to be dangerous. He's going to be having plenty of chances to make key passes, have plenty of chances to make assists and goals. He's going to rocket up the charts for, I would imagine, if this team climbs back and has a very good end of the season, he'll get some, maybe not first-place votes, but he'll get some votes in the MVP race i would imagine hopefully the, the season yeah yeah unless unless uh you're right and Luis amaria ends up one of the top goal scorers in the league i didn't say league i just said this team well i don't want to say te- i don't want to say league i don't think he's got that yet i mean he said he he guaranteed 26 goals the first season yeah how'd that work out How'd that work out <laughs> all right well we'll, we'll end there because that's a good positive place to end the show Dan, uh, we'll talk to you Wednesday night. So quick turnaround uh, for us anyway. Wednesday Can't night wait. at Allianz Field, 6.30 pre-match, 7 p.m. kickoff uh, on 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Dan, it's going to be a fun Wednesday night at Allianz Field. Can't wait. See you at the stadium. See you, everybody.
knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.